Don't be rude. I'm not gonna give you a question. Don't 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 be rude. I'm not gonna give you a question. You are fake news, sir. Fake fake news, sir. Don't be rude. I got some exciting guests here. <laughs> How you doing? Yo, Welcome yo. to Prosperous Pit. Happy to o- be here. Officially, officially. It's a real honor to be up in here. Man. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to not butcher your name. Scott Ladotti. Hey! hey. hey. Scott Ladotti joining us here with yeah. Damian Rucci. How you doing? All the way from New Jersey. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm so hyped that you're here, that you made it. I'm happy I was, to be here. Um, I got connected with you through OAC. Yes. Of course. When they mentioned you... And just like everything you got going on, I was like, I got to see for myself. And just the short phone call I made to you, yeah. because they were like pre- hyping you up so much, I was like, okay, I feel it. I feel it through that the was phone. On, I was on our last man. tour. Your life is point, is point to it, man. <laughs> At least you didn't hear the bad rumors, man. <laughs> <laughs> the bad rumors? Should we start with the bad rumors? No, nah, nah. I mean, listen, I just like uh-huh. to uh, have fun. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Every day has adventure in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any children, so I have no responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Left OAC on his own accord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. kicked out this time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you walked out there a free man. A free man. But you're coming all the way from New Jersey. Yes. And recently, or not recently, eight some eight to ten years ago, you were telling me you were a butcher in your full. Oh yeah, well year. I was a butcher again. So the butcher okay. life's been like, you know, you work a job, you get really good at it, uh-huh. and you quit your job, right, to go on the road to do poetry readings, and then as always, you go back to your job. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the last time I quit my job was uh, September uh-huh. of last year. Okay. I think that was the last time they let me quit. Right on. You know, once you quit seven times, they start getting a little, a little cagey, uh-huh. a little weird. So what came first, butcher or poetry? Well, I've always written poetry. Uh-huh. You know, I was a bunch of really shitty punk bands back in the day. Uh-huh. And I wrote lyrics and I did all those stuff. And then, like, I worked in the meat department when I was 18. Okay. So from 18 to 30, I was doing meat department stuff. But also that was the same time when I really started, like, get into poetry and do the thing and uh-huh. all that good stuff. So how'd you get into poetry? Uh, well, I was writing all these lyrics for bands, and I had this band that I thought was going to make it, man. We were going to blow up, bro. Mm-hmm. We were horrible. We were absolutely horrible. This is the punk bands? Yes. Okay. So I had this band called No Faith. We won the break for a bamboozle contest. It's a big deal out of New Jersey. Huge we deal. play at bamboozle, uh-huh. and we were horrible, but we had a scam. That's what you do in New Jersey, you scam. Uh-huh. So we said, if you buy our tickets to our shows, we'll drink you up and smoke you up after the show. Ah. So nobody cared about our music. <laughs> yeah. They just wanted the free weed and the booze. <laughs> but I got my band name tattooed on my arm, uh-huh. and it broke up the next day. And uh, we couldn't get a band back together, and uh-huh. I had all these lyrics, so I started playing with poetry. Uh-huh. You know? I got into that band car wreck. In 2015, some woman smoked me, blew through a red light, and hit me on my bicycle. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I was out of commission, stuck in a wheelchair. And I just started throwing my poetry up on the internet. Uh-huh. That's kind of really what started this whole uh, game. Was it a like spoken word or just written? Well, at the time, I had performed before. You know, mm-hmm. I tried to do the open mic circuit for poetry uh-huh. in like 2013 or 14 with my man Cord Moreski. And uh, I bombed a lot because uh-huh. I didn't know. I wanted to be different, but I didn't know how to be different. So I just came off horrible. So after bombing a couple times and going backstage and crying, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. At 20 years old, that happened more than once. 
then when I came back into it, and I was just posting poems on the internet, the one that blew up was to the lady who hit me with her car. Uh-huh. Right? I met Dorsey through that poem, and that he's the one who really kind of brought me into the whole circuit. Uh-huh. So uh, now it's different, but back then it was just finding a release because I had all these lyrics, and I wasn't in a punk band anymore. So I didn't know what to do with them, so I just post them on the internet. There is a... What is that connection between, like, punk and poetry? Because... It's the same thing, just said different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really the same ethos. There's a lot of cool overlaps. Uh-huh. Because you go to a punk show, it's total acceptance, right? Everyone's accepted. <clears throat> everyone's welcomed, except for, like, hate speech and stuff. Yeah. Poetry's the same way. So in New Jersey, I got a show called Punk and Poetry, uh-huh. which is, like, a mix of the two. And it, it's... It works. Yeah. You know, it's very similar... Because uh-huh. we're all just weird kids. You see somebody with dyed hair, mm-hmm. piercings, yeah. looking alternative? I'm like, that person will come to a poetry reading and a punk show. Uh-huh. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, that, and that's how you double your uh, crowd size. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Doing those quick that. moves. I love that. <laughs> and then, Scott, how'd you get into poetry? Same thing, man. I was in punk bands. Uh-huh. I was a singer-songwriter. Uh-huh. Every time someone's about to break, somebody got somebody's sister pregnant, somebody died of heroin. Hell yeah. And then you're back at your mom's house. Uh, so this was like probably around 2010 I started writing. Uh, I used to work at a record label, and this one band had a sister who was like a little older, and she and I were the least important people uh, at like the dinners. So we were stuck at the end of the table, and like she, I was like, oh, what do you want to do with your life? And she's like, I want to be a writer. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that's what I have to do. To get girls. And then, <laughs> 20 years later. Is it your I, sister who said that? What's that? Who said that? Do you know Jack Antonoff? The guy from like Fun and Steel Train and all those bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his sister, okay. uh, who's Rachel Antonoff, who's like a famous fashion designer now. Okay. She wasn't famous then. She said that, and I was just like in love with her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But 20 years later, I've never gotten a girl from writing. So Yeah, she set you up more. bad, yeah, bro. Yeah, she ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But uh, yeah, that's a long <laughs> short of it. Then I went to college. Back then, though, I didn't know, like, because um, like, I'm six years older than him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the punk scene was completely different. Like, you, there was no unity. Mm-hmm. Like, you wore the wrong shirt. The fucking fat guy in the hate breed shirt was going to kick your ass. Yeah. Uh, you had pink hair. They thought you were, like, you're a newfound glory fan. Uh-huh. You got beat up. There were skinheads. There was no unity whatsoever. Uh-huh. So it was, like, all these different pockets, which is crazy with him. Because you see a lot of those same people that you saw, now they're 40s and 50s, there, uh-huh. being cool, writing poetry, uh-huh. everybody hugging it out at the end of the night. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. What, what happened there to like connect those? I think it was uh, the broader consciousness uh-huh. and culture that's changed over the time. The internet uh-huh. really has kind of like brought everyone together in like a homogeneous way, right? Uh-huh. Where like culture, people are different in Missouri than they are in New Jersey, but not that much different. Yeah. Meanwhile, 20 years ago, it would have been like coming to a different country. Yeah, no right. social media, so you don't even now eat. culture yeah. and memes mm-hmm. have proliferated. Yeah. So it's kind of like if I see something, if I see something in New York, <laughs> New Jersey, you might not have heard about it, but you probably heard about mm-hmm. it. You probably understand what I'm saying, and I think that's what trickled down with the punk scene. Mm-hmm. The punk scene were all these little like columns, little things operating, and once you have these little islands, they operate under their own rules and assumptions. Then the internet comes in, and it kind of just kind of like. Better and worse, it kind of brings everyone together. Right. For sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Gets, like, everybody exposed in a way yes. that... Would... A lot of overlapping. Right. And like you said, for better or worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So then how do you guys cross paths? Dude, 
I did a show at the KGB bar, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be like, it was like a big name venue in New York City for like the alt lit scene and stuff, but I came up after that. So I do a show here at some little reading in New York City, and I meet Scott. And Scott's like, dude, can I film your poem? <laughs> and I'd never had anybody ask me to film a poem of mine before. I, I was like, who is this guy? Right. And then he read, and then we just became friends, and I was trying to get Scott to, I had him read a couple times on my show. I was like, you got to come on the road with me, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on the road with me. And it took me, what, six years, five, six years yeah. to get you on the road. Yo, fun fact, same birthday, same town. How you doing? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Check that out. Same age? Uh, <laughs> six years apart. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow, what are the odds? You guys didn't know each other growing up. No, no. no. Not even know. You know, we both loitered at the same Wawa's and Quick Checks. Yeah, yeah, as you do. Yeah. Uh-huh, as you do. <laughs> you guys got a Quick Trip out there? No, we have a Quick Trip. Uh-huh. I think Quick Trip, quick by the way, check. is yeah. one of the best convenience store chains in North America. Yeah. But I call it the check. target of gas stations. Oh, okay. yeah. It is. Yeah. This is why touring is important. You find yeah. gas stations. Bucky's. You ever heard of Bucky's? Uh, haven't heard of Bucky's. That's I have heard one. of Wawa. That's the one. That's okay, the one. Bucky's. I stole a roast beef sandwich from every Bucky's from Texas to Tennessee. And Damn. I want that to go down to my biography. Yeah. You got to get a wanted poster up or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be legendary. <laughs> well, I want to go on the road with you, honestly. I've said this before. Yeah. Because just the, the um, stories... Like, I just, to, what you do is fascinating in a way that, like, you're basically going around the country, you're traveling around the country in your car, and you're uh, going to these venues and performing your poetry, and then you're selling your, your poetry books. Sure. So, in a way that you're, you're basically pitching poetry to just, like, wa- like, audiences across the country, and, like, trying to make an argument in a fun, entertaining way while, like, competing with mass media and everything else. I agree. And to make an argument that so poetry belongs in your household. What I see is this, is the tour, the basic mechanics of the tour, right, is that we have books, right? And either we have our own books or we're printing books together, right? And we need to sell these books to put gas in the car mm. and beer. Yeah. That's really, like, the, the bare-bones matrix of it. Yeah, but also I look at this as like a Promethean journey, mm. right? Because like the way I look at poetry in America and with the New Jersey Poetry Renaissance back in New Jersey, that's been rocking out for two years now. Mm-hmm. This little couple of shows now it's like a whole working class moment movement, and I could see that being replicated everywhere. So when we do these shows, we're not only yeah we're showing up, we're getting fucked up with you, we're partying. Mm-hmm. But we're also like, this is us, like, selling the dream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're out here exposing you to what poetry could be. Because everyone thinks of poetry in two ways. You think of it as that boring stuff that the American school systems failed us on. Because mm-hmm. they have us read fucking Beowulf, yeah. right? I never related to dudes slaying dragons, mm-hmm. you know? I kind of fuck with Beowulf, but yeah. Well, no, I'm down <laughs> with it, but it's hard yeah. to relate to. But two, also, there's also the other component, which was like, slam and button poetry right which is a very different kind of poetry so when we're out here and we're like we're just dudes we're performing in dive bars creperies everywhere right mm-hmm. weed kinda, shops weed shops definitely it kind of shows yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of shows like what it could be uh-huh. I, I think, think a third yeah. thing to this too is like we're like best friends right? yeah uh-huh. so like 
and the, the other guy we were out with last time, like best friend. So you're, it's it's almost like a throwback to like a Sum Forty One or Blink One Eight Two tour. It's like mm-hmm. fucking. Sorry, am I allowed to curse on here? No. no, it's fun. No, 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 no. Do you know where you are right now? <laughs> it's super fun, and I feel like you can feel that. And like, so everybody, like, so our tour book that we put together to like sell for gas money, it's like you're getting part of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it would not work if you like if somebody hated somebody on the tour or whatever. Right. It would just shoot a hole in the whole right. mirage or whatever. Because the yeah. show doesn't start when the show starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when, like, the event's happening, people go, oh, that's when the show starts. Man, for us, this whole thing is the art. Mm-hmm. The tour is the art. The party's afterwards the art. Hanging out before. You know, we're just being ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we've learned that being yourselves is kind of a novel thing in today's world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like a weird thing. Our whole point is, like, the fact that we could do this now. And I've been doing this for years, and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. For the last, like, six years of me touring, if we got ten people in a venue, that was a hallelujah moment. We were high-fiving and singing Blink-182 on the ride home. Right. So now that things have changed a little bit, and I think the pandemic's helped tremendously with that, mm-hmm. people want to get outside. Yeah. They've got all the Hulu. they got all that stuff. So now it's a very big moment where people are going out. They're venturing out, discovering mm-hmm. things. And poetry, which a lot of people wouldn't be interested in before, it's something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they meet us drunk in their hometown, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, and it's yeah. one of the best nights of and their the, lives. And the beat goes on, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. We just experienced this together. Not a, few, a few days ago, I just um, I threw a, a open mic here at, in Prospero's where we're standing now. Yeah. You guys came all the way from New Jersey to sure. come through, show some of your stuff. And this was... The second time, but really the first time I hosted like a real, real open mic uh, yeah. here in Prospero's and like Prospero's, I'm, sh- I'm not sure if you guys know, but like historic, historic oh, yeah. poetry spot. I mean, that's why Prospero's, this podcast is called Prospero's Pit is because that's what the open mic was called. And um, yeah, so seeing you guys, he, like I was talking to a couple of my friends while after the show. And they were talking about you guys, and not to give you guys a big head or anything, but, like, they were talking about about how much you guys are yourselves and just, like, how much that kind of... Nobody could be looking at you in the room, and that wouldn't change how you guys were acting. Sure. And so it kind of, like, infects the entire space. Mm. And open mics, I feel like, like you're saying, coming out of COVID, coming out of uh, the, like, holes in the wall that we were all just kind of buried in, um, we're, like, looking for something new. And, like, obviously, like, movies, going out to the movies isn't working. Like, that old-style entertainment. Live music is definitely having a little bit of a renaissance right now. definitely. But I feel like poetry, open mics, like, brings something that no other live event really does, like, really brings. It's the intimacy, I find. Mm -hmm. It's also that what we do is that we're not quiet, right? Like, I take myself, and Scott does it too, it seems from the Irish tradition of the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're at the dive bar, yelling a poem, but we're not, the people aren't opposed to it. Yeah. They're in it, they're yeah. with it, right? We're bringing them all in. And uh, Prospero's, I love this place. I came in after the end of Prospero's Pit, mm. right? So when I first came to this venue, it was 2016 for the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown, right. which was in this room right here, and I saw Jason Reberg, uh-huh. who we love. Yes. Legend. Legend. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the show. Packed fucking house, right? Uh-huh. I was here for the 16 and 17, both throwdowns. Yeah. And that was really what began my entry into the scene uh-huh. at large in the, in the country. Because I was 23. Mm-hmm. And John Doris is like, you want to be a poet? Will you fly out uh-huh. to Kansas City and read at this festival? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I quit my job and I flew, <laughs> I flew out to Fuck Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, crazy. Right? That's crazy. So this place has got a lot of like love, you know, uh-huh. to, for me, because like this is where everything started. I met everybody. Mm-hmm. All my connections in the broader scene and how I still tour now were fostered from people I met in this room. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't quite, I didn't realize that until you just said it. Um, yeah, I, I've as soon as I found this place, and I've always felt like it was like a moth to a light. Yeah. Where as soon as I stepped into this building, I felt I was like something is going on here. I had no idea about the poetry scene. It was just the the vibes, really. Yeah. Just the bookstore itself. Yeah. And then to hear the stories from Will and Reberg and it. It feels like you're like putting together pieces of a, like some sort of legend as it's, you go around. This is now the second tour I've done with him, right? Uh-huh. Every time we're in a, a place I've never heard of, we're in the middle of a cow pasture and we get to a town. I'm like, how do you know somebody here? <laughs> Always the Prospero's throwdown, man. Wow. Because yeah. Reberg, so it's my first time reading mm-hmm. outside of, of Jersey. Mm-hmm. 23. Reberg brings me on stage. He's like, I don't know who this guy is. But he's got a killer name. Mm-hmm. Makes a noise for Damien, fucking Rucci. <laughs> and bro, go. like, so, like, that's the first I met Reberg. That uh-huh. was the night, and I, I was like, I gotta hit it. Uh-huh. And there's a level, what I've learned with hitting it, because, like, I borrow largely from other art forms, mm-hmm. right? A lot of my inspiration even comes from Southern Baptists, right? If you mm. watch the way they preach. Mm. And, like, there's a way, you know, in comedy, silence is a tool. But in poetry, silence is a destination, right? So, like, when you're hitting the room in here, anywhere, there's a moment when you're killing it, when every single person, they're not on their phones, they're staring at you, and they're captivated. And, like, that's the moment when you know you got them. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I've experienced that in this room. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, like, this place has got a lot of, uh, it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm happy you're back here and you're doing, well, you're here for the first time you're doing this podcast. Because like, mm-hmm. this place is legendary. Yeah. You know? And Will and Tom and Reberg, there's, there's a, Reberg was living up here. Did you hear that? Yeah, no, I knew that. He was yeah. showering in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's done that a couple times. That sounded mad romantic <laughs> when I was 23 and yeah. now not so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's still some romance in there. <laughs> But, I, I mean, I feel honored that I've, I've been, because I've managed this on the weekends. Like, I'm, yeah. oh, I'm closing. I've opened a few times. Um, and, yeah, it's it's an honor to even be associated with this place, really. Sure. Um, so it's it's really awesome to see that you also have that appreciation. I yeah, had no idea that it went so deep um, yeah. and that it connected, like, so hard. But that, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I... We were talking about it earlier at the um, event, um, and we were talking about what's, like, cool these days. Sure. And I was talking about, for me personally, what I always find is cool is, those, is the beatnik poets and mm. those guys back in the day who, didn't, who were doing exactly what you were doing, which was making enough to get to the next day, you know? And, like, 
enough to f fill up the tank to get yep. to the next town. Um, I definitely feel, you know, there's definitely something going on in, in that, that field, especially with younger the younger crowd where we're kind of like looking for that role model, looking for that, that person. It's like no longer are like massive artists really like they feel a little too mainstream. You know, you got the musicians like Taylor Swift and just like you, these big superstars just feel like re real pop stars. They feel untouchable. Yeah. And then you have on the other side these like internet stars who like the Jake Pauls and the, all these guys where that it's like these like content creators are the they've also reached some crazy weird level and they've reached a yes. crazy level where they're they're now kind of untouchable that's where i think the poet steps in that's where 20 people 25 people in a room feel that power when you're like really spitting and like really talking on the mic and yeah i shout out the regulators they were the ones that yeah. were featured here on the the um uh on the event uh, a couple days ago and that was one of the first times where I felt real, true power in the form of um, Sherry Hall, one of the key members of the regulators, was doing a poem about blowjobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw this woman bring grown, man, grown men to their knees, like fully to their knees, yelling, and like, like as if they were in church. Yeah. And I, I've, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. There's a, uh, there's a power to poetry because with poetry, you don't have percussion, uh -huh. right? Yeah. You don't have melody. You don't have all these tools that create a show. You have the voice and the voice alone when you're doing live uh, performances, mm -hmm. right? So I think there is a power to it that is almost symbolic to church, to a preacher, yeah, right? At least in the American tradition. And, like, they're doing these speeches, and, like, you know, listen... There were times I've done shows, and like I'm hitting it, and like I have a show I was told you before for punk of poetry, mm -hmm. young kids, all college kids. There was one time, dude, I was ranting and raving about jobs, fuck a job, fuck this, and there was this one weird moment where the crowd started getting rowdy, and they were with it. I was like, yo, I could lead these people to like break into a bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. We could really start toppling. Form a union, yeah. 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 <laughs> but so there's power in it, yeah. right? And I think that a lot of people, the problem with poetry is this. So you have the beats, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people, Sylvia Plath, Bukowski. But poetry in rap music, okay? Mm -hmm. You can become Kanye. Mm -hmm. You become Eminem. You can see it. It might be near impossible. Mm -hmm. But at least there's a trajectory. Mm -hmm. Comedy, you can become Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Music, you know, all those big bands, you could do that. Right. But poetry, though. There's been this absence of a pipeline and of what a, uh, a famous or successful poet is. Mm -hmm. So I think for a long time, poets have lang like languished and existed in these balls of mediocrity mm. where they thought small and they hung out and they like didn't see, I'll do one reading a month, I'll do two a month. And I just think those days are over. You know, the thing about the millennials, us versus the old generation. Generation X, it was cool to be a slacker. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Doesn't matter. That's not how we are. Mm -mm. Whereas, do everything you can, right? So I think with us, it's this whole thing where now we're like, okay, I'm never going to have a mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. I live in New Jersey. There's no way I'm ever going to make have a job to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. If I did, I'd probably bounce out. You know, like some people don't come to shows because they have a couch, 
and they have a TV and they watch Hulu. Mm -hmm. I don't have a couch, so I'm out here doing this shit, you know? And I do think that there's a moment occurring right now that's different for poetry. You've got guys like me, Scott, Nathan Stolte, you know, Esno, Ian Bush, Dan Wright, all these guys are bouncing around the country just doing it. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, the only people who would be touring it was very select. It'd be like me, two or three other people. Now, right now, how many people are touring? So, to backtrack just a little bit, I met him in 2017, maybe. Yeah. He was like, you got to come on the road. I just went on the road. I was like, you can't go on the road like, mm -hmm. and do poetry readings. With the, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward, we go out in January. It's the first time I've ever heard of a poetry <sighs> tour, really. Like, mm -hmm. hyped up, T-shirts, Instagram, whatever. Everything. Every single person I met on that tour has now quit their job, <laughs> <laughs> left their babies, left their pensions, and you see it on Facebook, I'm going on tour, I'm going on tour, poetry uh -huh. tour, man, I don't know if that's uh -huh. advisable to, especially if you have children, maybe not, but... There's definitely something happening. Uh -huh. And I have to say, I think it's all this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the problem, man. For a long time, I grew up as like a, a, a weird fat kid and nobody listened to me. And like you would think in life, when people start listening to you, you would know. But there's no achievement like a video game where it's like, ding, ding, yeah. people are actually listening to you now. <laughs> right. So I just kept talking shit for a long time. And then all yeah. of a sudden people are like, I'm quitting my job to do what you're doing. I'm like, hey, whoa, <laughs> bro, don't follow my path to extinction. <laughs> I never told you to quit your job. I just said that I quit my job. <laughs> There's a moment happening. It's, it's pretty interesting uh -huh. to see all over the place. Yeah. And, like, what we're doing in New Jersey with the Renaissance, that was going on for a hot minute, and the shows are wild, and they're, like, straight working class. Because that's a one audience that nobody catered to, you know? So we're doing shows at dive bars and weed lounges and... Mm all these different things. And I think that what's happening is that culture is an interesting thing. And this is largely a cultural war of attrition, mm -hmm. right? We just keep throwing what we're doing, being ourselves, living our lives, putting out books from whatever the fuck it is. And eventually things are going to start, they're starting to move. They are moving. You know, mm -hmm. that's why like, I've been on tour five times this year. It's wow. May. I'm here right now talking yeah. to you in Kansas city. I'm yeah. not home. Yeah, you know, well, it's a perfect time. I'm, I think it like look at our politics, right? There's nothing about rent stabilization. Yeah, like how the hell is anybody gonna afford to do anything? It's all fighting with the Bud Light, you know, sponsors or whatever. It's just, and it's created this whole, why the fuck are we doing anything? Let's focus on what we love, you know. And like, um, I don't want to keep being like this guy is is at fault or whatever, but it's uh -huh. like. What were we looking for? Like, a thing to do. We know it's over. We know we're still alive, so we have to do something. What's going on? Oh, this. This thing that I felt inside of me, I can now give to everybody. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing. and So there's a Reddit meme, 4chan, called The Doomer, right? It was like a millennial that's given up and knows the world's going to end. And I interpret it differently. I consider myself a doomer. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's that. A doomer is the halls of empire and capitalism. All these things are tremendous. Mm -hmm. So instead of like tuning in and dropping out, we're like we're popping up and we're building culture. Mm. Like the empire is already here, bro. Yeah. There's no fighting it. Right. So why don't we just get our buddies together in a backyard and make some music? Mm -hmm. Why don't we just do poetry? Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore, right? 
the the world that was promised to us over the last several generations is right. God. It's not here anymore. Well, and we're the first generation who knows that, accepts yeah. it, and embodies it. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting it anymore. No. We know it's not happening. Yeah. 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 So I feel like kind of like what well, my thing is like, you could do this too. I'm not telling people... You know, it's funny. It's yeah. funny when people quit their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we had some poor guy. I love him. Shout out to Kevin Lamasha. Uh, he got on my open mic. What was that? A couple Tuesdays ago. Yeah, puff, yeah. puff, phone was my biggest uh-huh. show. He gets up there and he's like, you know, before the Renaissance, I had a wife and a job. He's like, but my job fired me because I was smoking weed uh-huh. and my wife left me. But now I'm a poet, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Thank you, Damien Rucci. Scott's yeah. texted me while going on. I'm like, dude, you totally ruined this guy's life. <laughs> but I'm not telling people that. What I am trying to tell people is like, you can, you can, if you want to, you can do this. Sure. No budget. I always hate people like, oh, I don't have the money. Bro, I've come out on tour with like 24 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're bouncing. proof that you can do this with no money. No money. No money. Just go. Mm-hmm. Do it. You mean, like Bukowski says in that one poem, don't try. The gods will smile down upon you. Mm-hmm. If you put your all into this thing and you're authentic and real, there's a whole network of people who can't tour. They can't do these things mm-hmm. because they have family obligations. They have different things. We, that's why like they hit us up. We crashed their house. Yeah. Party with them, barbecue with them. We got sleeping bags in the trunk in case that doesn't work out. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I traveled around the country before finding Prospero's. I, so a little bit of my, my story was I uh, graduated in 2020 from the University of Missouri, which Word. is probably the worst time to graduate. Um, yeah. But honestly, in hindsight, I'm like, I feel like there was a reason that that was the time that I was ready to like start my life. And then yeah. it was just like, no, 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 no. You got to go figure it figure something out because then I went back and I started reading just all these beatniks and a lot of like just like travel logs things like that I was like I want to hit the road that's what I want to do and there's something about just like being especially a young man in in America where it's like that call for the open road is just like always present just go Go. and just see where it takes you and so I took the minivan that I'm driving right now and I, like, built a little, like, bed in the back and everything, and a little kitchen galley. And I drove around the country for four and a half months just, like, living on the side of the roads, crashing on my buddy's couches where I could, and just, like, driving around around the country. And some of the best, be, like, some of the best things of my life ever happened there. Some really hard, some really, really great, like, moments. Oh, yeah. That doesn't happen unless you twist the ignition and you start driving exactly. forward. Exactly. And until you do that, like, none of that happens. And then once you just, like, throw yourself out there, I find that. And that's that's kind of, like, where I've now been leading my life is just that anything that makes, like, my stomach clench, anything that make, gives, puts fear in my heart, sure. I run straight that's towards it. That's you jump. Yeah, that's, that's where, I, like, I go straight for it. Because once you, like, beat it and you, like, break through the, to that other side or just even face it down, the feeling after that is something like I can't, like it's hard for words oh, to describe. It's beautiful and amazing. It's like oh, living this life is weird. Like the other day, you know, two weeks ago, I'm worried about money and life. I'm in New Jersey and whatever. And then the last three nights, I'm in the back of a pickup truck in Missouri, blackout yeah. drunk with an American flag. Right. Just like driving around Missouri, <laughs> yeah. hammered yeah. in the back. Uh-huh. I mean, like, this isn't real life. Like, yeah. Two weeks ago, I was exactly. in New Jersey worried about things. Yeah. And now I'm like, here right and tonight we'll be in lawrence kansas right. we're going to texas and Let's like go. i just think that it's 
it's possible, but people have this conditioning, and I think it's normal, and I think it's very natural and very human to be fearful, mm-hmm. right? Because all the bad stuff happens when you leave your hometown. In your hometown, you're secure. you got your family. you got support, neighbors. But out here, there's a whole other thing going on, and there's some darkness out there. Sure. There's a lot of real fucking good, too. Yeah. And the darkness usually has the best drugs. I'll be sure. <laughs> <laughs> the darkness has the best parties. Yeah, there's but been no drugs on this tour, by the way. Not yeah, at all. Yeah. We are actually a dare-sponsored uh-huh. poetry tour. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. But it works, man. You sell yourself to the road. You like, we have no money. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. It just know. keeps yeah. working. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, w- I did that back in, I think it was 2021 when I first launched. I'm not here at Prospero's if I don't do that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here interviewing you guys, talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah, Throwing yeah. open mics here at Prospero's. That doesn't happen without me like leaving and just going and doing something. Yeah. Whatever it is, just fucking moving, moving in a direction is. You have to. Yeah. Movement's life. Totally. Yeah. You know. Well, we were just talking about how like. Uh, I don't know. I was like, man, I was so scared. Like three days ago, man. Like, what are we gonna do? And then who cares? Yeah. I don't care at all. I, I wanted to find a. My whole goal here was to try to find a live armadillo. We looked. That's all I cared about for three days. We wanted to put a top hat we didn't on. Find one, yeah. You know what I mean? If you go to southern Missouri, you'll probably see. Everybody's a always got a different place in Missouri <laughs> where you can find an armadillo. There's a lot of dead ones. Yeah, I've a seen lot a lot of dead, dead ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a live one. I think I've only seen them curled up on the side of I-70. this guy walking in with an armadillo with a little chef's hat on him? I love all animals. I'd want to know his story. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad like you guys came all the way yeah, out man. here. Um, I, I feel it. I've been telling people just because um, everything that is going on in my life here in Prospero's and everything, yeah. that there is a, there's a cultural shift happening. And it is. It, is, it is definitely starting with live events that aren't your usual live event that you would go to. Because like, like I said, I don't, remem- I don't remember going to any open mic outside of like the past year and a half of my life here in Kansas City. Yeah. I don't remember getting excited about hearing open mics. Now all of a sudden there's all these different open mics just like sprouting across the city and I know it's been happening for for some time and I'm sure. like seeing it now but I think the kids are smarter now too. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in college it was the party rock era, right? Mm-hmm. So like purple skinny jeans, pink tank top and uh Every song was about, like, party to the end of the world. Like, that's it. Nobody read. Knowing anything about politics was lame. It was just party, yeah. hook up, dance. Yeah. And, like, how long can that shit last? You know, look what happened. Then Trump immediately came in. Right? Yeah. So, like, now I think the kids are, like, that shit is really lame. It's, like, for older, like, fat dudes in skinny jeans now. Yeah. yeah. Like, being smart, writing poetry, reading, getting off social media maybe a little bit is cool. Yeah. It's yeah. come back to culture, and I think that, like, so anytime a pandemic occurs, there's a huge cultural boom afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, literally the Black Plague to the Renaissance, Spanish flu to the swing of 20s, mm-hmm. right? So like with this one, this happens, and like this pandemic was the craziest pandemic because of like the media lands- landscape. Mm-hmm. Everything got funky and weird. Yeah. And I think that even towards the end, everybody was like, done. Right? Okay, we did what you told us to do. We did this. Now it's time to go out. But when you go out, everything's changed. And I think poetry events, they're the easiest shows to put on out of any event. You don't need equipment. You don't even need a PA system or a microphone. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. You just literally get somebody in a room. Mm-hmm. That's a poetry reading. Mm-hmm. So the, the ease of being able to do it is also cool. And I also yeah. think that the bridge between punk rock and a lot of alternative music and DIY mm-hmm. and the bridge between that and poetry is also intersecting. Mm-hmm. Because like, oh wait, we're all saying the same thing, just in different styles and ways. I feel like collaborations are much bigger now than it ever was. I mean, where you'll see a lot more art forms merge together and play yeah. around. Back in the day, if you were a poet at a music open mic, you were not getting love. Mm-hmm. You were not getting love at all. And now they're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, Comedians. It's, yeah. 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 In New Jersey, the best thing I ever did, it was a mistake. It was a mistake, but it was like a weird choice I made that just worked out, is that we had the poetry scene. Mm-hmm. Now, I start the show. Now, I have three shows. I say one of them is going to work. The other two, I'll, dis- I'll discard. All three of them work. That's weird. And then now I got six open mic series. Now I got nine. And everything's killer every time. So I started booking comedians. Mm. And now all my shows are poetry and comedy. And it's weird to see that that worked amazingly. Mm. He got a lot of bullshit from the old guys. A lot of bullshit. Don't mix the poetry. Mm. A lot of bullshit. Yeah. Right? And now I got comedians. I had this one comedian get on stage the one time and he was like, he did his set, and then at the last minute, he's like, this isn't funny, and just spoke some real shit about losing his dad. He goes, I can't do this at a comedy show. And he like, said this really like heartfelt thing, and he's like, I'm going to miss him. And it was like, but like that comedian would have never been able to do that mm-hmm. in public at a normal comedy show. Yeah. So the mixing of genres is a huge thing that I think we're going to look back on in this era. Like, oh, yeah, we started doing that around this time. Because mm-hmm. before that, it was all segregated. You couldn't be a poet at a comedy Hell open no. mic. They beat you up in the parking lot. Right. You know? You couldn't right. be an emo kid at a punk show. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I do you remember the, the reel I sent you that I was using as, like, sort of an advertisement yeah, for Instagram yeah, yeah, reel? Yeah. And I, um, kind of, I sampled uh, Baldwin's um, talk speech, I think it was at Berkeley, uh, the artist's um, dilemma or something. I'm blanking on the full title, but... Um, basically what he s- says is the part that like I caught on to the most was uh, when he says when he starts speaking to the poets and he says and when I say poets I mean all artists yeah and because that's really to me what it is like I I write I do long form short I do long form I do short stories I do poetry but like what I've always wanted to be I want to be a filmmaker I am a filmmaker yeah. like I make films to me, like when I'm in a, a open mic and you guys start spinning and um, going and doing your thing, I start seeing cuts. Like I start seeing images with the, what you guys are saying, that's and that's cool. just what I'm picking up from you guys. And it's yeah. different from everybody else. But um, to me, that that's my poetry. Is like yeah. editing, filmmaking. Like to me, like documentary is the what I feel so attached to. Is what I studied. Um, is what I, I do is most of my filmmaking is comes from a nonfiction background. Mm. And that's what, I, what I'm doing is I'm capturing real events, live events, the world, the magic of the world around us, and then I'm filtering it through my own art and through my own lens, and I put it out there in a, in a way that I'm trying to communicate an emotion, a feeling, whatever it is, from something that whatever you feel is objective truth these days whatever my camera caught that day is what I'm now taking and I'm filtering into something and bending, forming, morphing into my own art. That's cool, though. Hell yeah. That's what poets do. 
Yeah. You guys see shit. You guys witness shit. You experience shit. And then we we take it and we like bend it around in our little brain. And then whatever our tool is, whether it be the pen, whether it be your computer, whether it be a typewriter, whether it be a camera, whatever it is, you've put it out there into a new yeah. something. I hope it's not a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, no, no, well, no. We are all journalists, sort uh, of, like, spiritually, I think. Like, I mean, we're all leaving a log behind of what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, spiritual journalist. There yeah. you go. If I well, I'm a student of the Gonzo journalist, uh-huh. so, yeah. Yeah. Plug your yeah. date. Yeah. Bro, June 15th. Shit. Hey, look Be at in that. Louisville for Gonzo Fest. Oh, shit. June 15th. Gonzo yeah. Fest. Yeah. Damien Rucci, Scaladotti, Tom Bacalus, yeah. Ron Whitehead. Hell yeah. yeah. The final Gonzo Fest. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm going to get kicked out. Where are He's actually not even on the bill. I'm not on the bill. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on there. I guess I'm doing it. I'm cutting like yeah. three minutes to 1.5, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah. What else you guys got going on? Um, we're actually, we're out on this tour for this stupid... Uh, well, not, it's not... St- <laughs> <laughs> Louisville. For this stupid uh, Topeka uh, show tonight. But then we're going to this awesome show in Kentucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing uh, the, the Country Fried Panda Festival. Yeah, it's a uh, Green Panda Press. It's putting on a festival June 9th through 12th uh-huh. yeah. in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, PBS <laughs> just started, uh, when I get back from tour, they're going to start filming the TV series for Voices in the Garden. Okay. Which is cool because we had the documentary come out. Now they're doing a series TV show. It's very bizarre and weird. And because uh, I'm not, for some reason, I refuse to let myself get excited or pumped by it mm-hmm. until it comes out. And then I scream like a little girl for hours in the middle of the day. That's what I did with the documentary. We didn't acknowledge how big of a deal it was until the morning it came out. Then I called my buddies and we were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on TV. But uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on. We're going to be on the road till the 12th, right? We're yeah. On the 12th, we're ending in Kentucky, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, got a whole bunch of stuff. I got a book coming out from Bow Machine. It's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, and we're just rocking and rolling, really, you know? The New Jersey Renaissance is still going on back in Jersey. It's uh-huh. weird for me because, like, I'm out here doing this. Now, I host typically 18 to 24 shows a month, okay? So those shows are still ongoing while I'm gone with guest hosts who are great people who I've trained and showed the way. Now, will they destroy my empire when I'm gone? <laughs> We will find out. <laughs> <laughs> the verdict's still out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it's it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. A lot of cool stuff's going on. Uh-huh. And, like, we're just been rocking and rolling and seeing what comes. And, like, I take my day. Everything's, like, week for week. Bro. Mm-hmm. One week, my life would be completely different from the next week. A week ago, I was in New Jersey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I'm here. Next week, I'm going to be in Texas. Yeah. We, we have no idea. We did a pretty bad job planning this whole real trip. Real bad. Real, real, real bad. And <laughs> it's every, working out. It's, it's working, working out. Yeah. And every time we say we're going to sit down and plan, it leads to us being hammered in the back of a pickup truck. And we're yeah. like, hey. <laughs> It's the poet's way. Yeah, it's yeah. the poet's way. So he gives us a magic pill Speaking of which, I think I'm going to have to cut it there because the mushrooms are kicking in. So, oh, oh, yeah. Can I just off. shout out my mom real quick? Yeah, shout out your mom. Uh, Mrs. Ladotti, thank you very much for letting us use your car. Shout out to Scott's mom, Mrs. Ladotti. You're the best. We're going to clean that car for you on the way back. You're a hero. Love you, mom. Hell yeah. Shout out Miss Ladotti. Yeah. 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 Hey, thanks for coming on to Prosperous Pit. Hey, yo, shout out to Emma. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Yo. <laughs> don't delete that. <laughs>